Welcome to the Moving Up Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Wilson, CEO of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services, and my passion is creating success in people by sharing my experiences in real estate, entrepreneurship, and community involvement. My partner, Heather Warmbrod, and I will be hearing from expert leaders in these spaces and giving you practical advice to help you accelerate your business. So pull up a seat because we are about to have a lot of fun. It's time for you to move up. Hey, everybody. Today's show is going to be something that you really, really need to listen to and hear, pay attention, and take notes. We have with us today, y'all have all been waiting for it, you've been asking for it, (laughs) a CPA who really helps realtors and real estate brokerages and firms with their taxes. And we're excited to welcome David Hart with ATA. David, thank you for joining us today. welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. And my job today is just to present myself not as a nerd. No. <laughs> you know, Heather has told me that that I try to fit outside that box. You know, typical accountants are nerds, pocket protectors, all that. Yeah. If I had a pocket protector, I would have worn it today. I was going to say, if you had her. a pocket, I, but yeah. I, like, I like the glasses hanging on the shirt, so that works. And um, you don't look nerdy to me. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's, that's, we're off to a good start there already. There we go. That's right. Exactly. And David is one of the funniest people, just very dry sense of humor. Well, good. Well, yes. Today's going to be sort of a free flow kind of show because everyone has questions about taxes. And when this show drops towards the end of the year, I know a lot of agents, especially newer agents, are going to be starting to work on their taxes, collecting what they need to collect to get prepared for 2022's big fun filing. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I guess let's start with you telling us just a a bit about yourself, David, and and what you do to help your realtor clients. Okay. So I've been in uh, count it for 30 years now, if you can believe it. I cannot believe that. Um, went to school at UT Martin, Woo-hoo. have practiced most of my career in West Tennessee, and about four years ago, I guess, came to Bellevue and started managing this location. Has several real estate clients in this area. Uh, so it, it's a ongoing adventure. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun, and I enjoy really diving into things with, with folks and trying to save them money wherever we can. That's great. And I've never equated helping someone with taxes as sounding fun. So I'm, I'm excited that you, everyone has their lane, That's right? right? Because just the thought, the only reason I passed accounting, tax accounting at, you know, I went to UT Knoxville was because my cost accounting and whatever the other accounting class was I had to take was taught by the wife of my tax accounting teacher and they just wanted me out of their life. I think I became a quality of life <laughs> issue because that was way before you had email and I'd call them at home like, help, I've got to pass. And so hey, that's that great girl. because, you know, one of the reasons I got out of UT Martin because they want to get rid of me too. Is that right? <laughs> so we got something in common. Move on, yeah. move that's on. Right, that's right. And I will not say go dogs. Who's the, oh, thank you. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I mean, it may just be a one week thing to be number one in the AP and number one in the CFP. And y'all, I'm just so excited. My fingernails show. I am just like, yeah. I'm so proud of my University of Tennessee volunteers. Yes. I just could not be more happy. And when you read articles about them and how they focus just game to game versus listening to all the surrounding noise, it just makes you kind of. Mm-hmm. It's great to be a Tennessee ball. But anyways, <laughs> I could do a whole show on that. Let's stay on taxes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about a realtor and you're doing their taxes. What? How's the best way for someone, if they're coming to you, they'd never met with you before, 
what do they need to bring to you or what, how do you advise and guide them? Well, I like to have, uh, you know, first of all, most people are pretty cost sensitive mm-hmm. when it comes to taxes. I actually had a doctor one time bring me two hefty bags full of receipts mm. for his practice. <laughs> he only did that once after he got the bill. So as I say that to say, be prepared. Okay. Um, try to have as many things summarized as possible. You know, I would rather go through your summary and answer a bunch of questions as to what is deductible and what's not deductible Mm -hmm. as that never come up in a conversation because it's not in your information. Mm -hmm. That happens more than you think. You know, well, we start a conversation and somebody says, well, you know, I, I really don't do anything for my car. Well, then we get into a mileage discussion. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I want as much information as possible to get started so that we don't leave any stone unturned. Yeah. So if it's an, you have a realtor who has come from a job where they were always a W-2 employee, mm-hmm. and now suddenly they're a 1099 employee, and they can write expenses off. Whereas when you're a W-2, you really can't write expenses to your Not business anymore, no. off. What would be some general expenses that a realtor could and should be writing off on their taxes? So, obviously, the car. Mm -hmm. Um, And let me ask you on that car, since that's a whole topic. You have, it can be depreciated or it's actual expenses, right? Well, it's actually depreciation and actual expenses or mileage. That's what it is, yeah. 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 So That's why um, I'm not a CPA. (laughs) (laughs) You know, in real estate, obviously, you spend a lot of time in car traveling to open houses, listings, meeting with folks. So it's now 62 and a half cents a mile. Wow. So, um, and quite likely could go up again, you know, with the inflation we're under and everything Mm -hmm. else. So it doesn't take a lot of miles to add up, you know, in terms of a deduction. So Mm -hmm. mileage works out a lot of the time. Now, there are folks that buy a car and try to depreciate in one year and you get a Big old tax write-off for that, and then you don't quite get as much. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to drive the car for any length of time, usually mileage works out better for the life of the vehicle. But, it, again, that's a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. And then, of course, you've got dues and MLS and all kinds of cell phone. Subscriptions we pay for. Yeah, yeah. all that. And, the, you know, all the things you do to build your real estate customer base and your practice, all of that is tax deductible. Mm -hmm. We've just been through COVID. A lot of people work at home. So there's home office considerations. um, I have a question about that. Home office considerations. I was under the impression that I am not able to write off a home office because I pay a desk fee. We don't charge desk fees here. We charge an agent services fee. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So thanks for clarifying. Yeah. So depending mm-hmm. on what your arrangement is, and by the way, I'm under I'm helping a client with an audit for unemployment purposes for a real estate firm, and so everybody has to have a contract, independent contractor, independent contractor mm-hmm. deal. Um, so that's one of the first things you should talk about if you're just going into the business. Make sure you have that, so they don't try to come back and reclassify you uh, you as an employee, which can happen. Uh, so that's fairly important hadn't run into that until mm-hmm. recently but again going back to your home office question they're pretty lenient on that now you know they loosened that up a few years back it used to be if you had any office whatsoever you had to actually see people in your home and had two or three other things you had to uh, adhere to to make that a viable deduction 
but they went away from that a few years back. And with COVID, it's completely wide open pretty much. Okay. So to Heather's point, because you were probably calling it a desk fee because a lot of agencies do. Sure. So it may have just been a general question. Mm-hmm. So, but let's say the Wilson group did, if that line item was desk fee, would she then still be able to write off her home office? You're saying yes. I say yes. Okay. Now, hmm, we need to um, chat. <laughs> but again, you, the key word to everything tax related is documentation. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you better be able to document that I spend probably the majority of my time working on my home office mm-hmm. and things of that nature. But yes. Okay. So when you said that about your ICA, your independent contractors agreement and getting reclassified as an employee versus an independent contractor, did you say you're seeing that in the real estate industry? I actually have one with the Department of Labor right now that they're auditing the agency mm-hmm. and wanted all the contracts. Okay. Because there is actually a, a Tennessee code section that says you have to have that. Yeah. I am. If I was real pull good, everybody's I could. file. <laughs> Make sure I've got them. <laughs> got them in there. I'm sure I do, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, David, can we talk about how I bring my taxes to you? Maybe for a new agent, this may or may not be helpful. If it's not helpful, <laughs> say, don't listen to anything Heather says. So, I'm not a QuickBooks girl. I tried to be one, and it is just beyond me. So, but I love a spreadsheet. And I love categories and I know how to categorize and put all of those. So that is how I break out my deductions. I put them into categories. I think they were categories, Christy, you gave me Mm -hmm. many years ago. And I wrote those down and those are the ones that I stick to. And I do an export from my, I have a separate bank account for real estate. And so I make sure I don't miss anything and then categorize it. And that's how I bring it to your office with receipts. In a nice folder. I'm sure. Yeah, I I can see. (laughs) She is absolutely the epitome of a great client because she's got everything summarized. And yes, those categories are fine. But now you just hit on something that's really, really important for a new agent. Get get a separate bank account. Yeah, yeah. You know, separate bank account, separate credit card, Mm -hmm. all of those types of things. Because if you intermingle that and you do get audited, you just giving them carte blanche to go through all your personal, and now they have to determine what actually got counted, what didn't get counted. It's in your personal account, so how are you going to argue that it's not personal? It, it just leads to a whole lot of other um, issues that you can avoid mm-hmm. Yeah, that if was you've a great got everything segregated. Advice. Yeah. I want to go back to the car write-off real quick. So I know if you buy a car in December, if it's it has to be of a certain weight, correct? in order to depreciate that all out completely that one year. Let's say you do that. Let's say you did that for 2022. I buy a car in December. I'm going to take it against my taxes in 2022. Then for 2023, can I take any? So my depreciation is gone. Can I take mileage now for 2023? Or is it just gone? Your car deduction is gone. The way that works is you you get to pick which direction you go for each vehicle. Okay. So when you buy a car, you make the choice in that year. Okay. And then you have to stick with that choice as long as you have that vehicle. Okay. That's new information. That's really helpful. So, you know, you can flip flop back and forth as you trade vehicles off. Mm -hmm. The downside to, and what I run into is if you depreciate it, when you trade that car in about two years ago, they changed this as well. That's now a sale. And I run into this more in agricultural clients and things like that that have heavy pieces of equipment so the irs says that's actually a sale so 
you don't have a quote like kind exchange like we have in real estate. Oh. Used to have that with equipment and vehicles too. You don't have that anymore. And probably that's one thing that's going to go away is a like kind exchange anyway on, on everything at some point. A full ten, you think a 1031 exchange is going to go away? That, it, that was on Joe Biden's agenda. first agenda. Right. That and capital gains both were right. one of the things he had, had his eye on. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? We're a week from the election. So, yeah. you know, 10 days from now, it could be completely different. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. So, on your car, if you depreciated it out and then sold it, you're now going to have to pay the gain on the tax versus when you trade it in. Which basically, oh. since you depreciate it, it means it's 100% of the trade-in value. Okay. So you bought something for 80000 You trade it in for forty. You're going to pay tax on that other forty. Because mm-hmm. okay. you've written off the eighty in, mm-hmm. in theory. Mm-hmm. And would that now be got- an income or a sales tax? That's ordinary income. Ordinary income. It's not subject to Social Security mm-hmm. like your earnings are from you know real estate, but it it's ordinary income, not capital gain. Good grief. This I is why, know, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, you really want to have a solid CPA. <laughs> that can sit and, down and yeah, have these conversations can, with and, you. And guide you through the year. Mm-hmm. Not just when you bring the folder where you can pick up and make the ask these questions and get these answered to put that in your business plan and really create your plan on how you do so you don't make a, a mistake. Yeah. So one of the things I tell all my new clients is, you know, please call me. Because as long as it's before December 31st, you know, maybe we can make an adjustment or, or handle something one way. We, I'm not real good at being able to fix it after the fact. Yeah, yeah. So if there's any big purchases or any questions like that, you know, let me know and let's talk about it beforehand mm-hmm. so that we, you know, we don't get in a situation where I can't undo something to your detriment. That's yeah. right. Speaking of undoing. Let's talk about audits. Last year, or it may have been this year, Biden funded the IRS another $80 million or $80 billion or whatever. <laughs> Who knows? All the Bs 80, and 87,000 agents. 87,000 agents. Okay. Yes. And a lot of focus on small business. So as we were talking before we put our headsets on, you know, real estate agencies are in the line of fire for being audited, as are regular old real estate agents. So what can an agent or an agency do to prepare for, or you get the letter? What, what do you do? First you drink. No, (laughs) not a problem. Um, (laughs) Go back to what I said about documentation. Okay. As long as you've got documentation backing up what you've taken on a tax return, Mm -hmm. it's really not, shouldn't be that big of an issue. Mm -hmm. Several years back when things were cash based and, you know, we, we could end up in a whole lot of other issues, but, Everything now is electronic, 1099s. There's not very much. And I I look at restaurants, for example. Five years ago, a restaurant, before they went to debit cards or 10 years ago, their revenue was half a million dollars. Well, now, because everything's going through debit card and credit card, Mm -hmm. that same restaurant is generating a million million bucks. Mm -hmm. So we don't have stuff like that. So the first thing you do is is keep documentation and protect yourself for what you've claimed. Mm -hmm. I don't really know that. You know, I, I've had several IRS audits throughout the year, and most, contrary to popular belief, are easy to get along with mm-hmm. until they think you're doing something squirrely. Mm-hmm. So if you walk in there and you don't have any documentation, you are setting yourself up for a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it might be that it's easy to deduct that $2,000 that you didn't keep a receipt for. It leads to $10,000 worth of heartache on the backside. Right. And so yeah. that that's the 
number one thing. Now, in these new agents, you guys have probably heard these advertisements for employee retention credit. Mm -hmm. It's the biggest fraudulent program in the last 30 years. It's not even close. The majority of those folks are going to go after that. Really? The IRS I, is going to go after those people taking the ERC? That, yeah. Okay. That's going to be the first thing because that is so open-ended and subjective mm-hmm. in on whether or not you qualify. Yeah. My CPA said you do not qualify. I don't have enough employees and I have all independent contractors. So. Uh-huh. And you would be surprised how many clients have, I've said, no, I'm not doing that. And they end up doing it anyway. Oh, wow. <laughs> asterisk, asterisk. If somebody ever provides you a service and charges you based on the outcome, it's probably not the best thing. Like Bart Durham? No. <laughs> minus, minus injury lawyers. Okay. Okay. Yeah, not not, not yeah. including them. But you got all these folks that popped up and said, hey, we're, gonna, we're not going to charge you. We'll charge you a percentage of what your refund is, and we're not going to charge you anything up front. We'll get it when you get it. Got it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are two real big red flags in, in my mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not even allowed to charge contingent fees like that. So, yeah, there's your first sign that something probably was yeah. awry. Interesting. You were talking about the restaurant. So I never think of the being audited on your revenue. I always think of being audited on your expenses. But I guess different industries are so different mm-hmm. on how you what they choose to audit you on. Yeah. And so, for example, if, if Heather got audited, they would look at her. I would 10-9. call David. <laughs> they, they would look at her 1099 and then the next thing they're going to do is look at your all your bank statements and make sure that your deposits they don't have to exactly match your 1099 but they better be close mm-hmm. because you don't you know there's a lot of people have second and third side gigs that will put money yeah. that might not be on a 1099 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they are as much after the revenue side as they are the expense side interesting okay that I, I didn't even think about side hustles and stuff like that oh, and i guess i was thinking more of a brokerage i'm going gosh how would we bring other money in but yeah if you're an independent contractor yeah. for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they call you do you deal directly with the irs or is it heather and you together sorry i'm not trying to do self-fulfilling yeah, no, prophecy to get you audited no. <laughs> but <laughs> I, i'm not gonna wood yeah i don't want anything bad to happen so usually i sit down and i'm in the meetings okay and there's a lot of documentation requests on the front end mm-hmm. you know we, we're going to want to look at these things mm-hmm. generally speaking if those things go well it, it's usually a pretty i'm not going to say speedy process because i have i've had one go two and a half years oh gracious but if they get a sense that hey they're above board and we're going to find maybe a hundred dollars worth of stuff. They're going to probably put it down and move on. Okay. If you give them any, the slightest opening to go deeper, they're going to stay there for a long time. Okay. And basically dismantle your life. And, and when you get audited, are they auditing your entire tax return or just a piece of it? Well, that's a good question. If they, if you are in person, they're going through the whole thing. Most of the audits, what I would call an audit now, are done by letter. I just had one today where I had to send in somebody's copies of W-2s to justify the withholding on their tax return. Sometimes you will get one on a Schedule A, and, and a lot of times on Schedule C, hey, we were, we're specifically looking at line X, mm-hmm. you know, meals and entertainment, travel, all the squirrely things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't go well, then they come see you. But okay. if they ever come see you in person, you're getting a full-blown deal. It's not going to be based on one Well, one I had a visit one time. <laughs> and um, they did come visit me, and they were just going after one thing. 
and mm-hmm. um, and they found no wrongdoing and actually saw where so- something else that I had I could have expensed more stuff, but they didn't help me out on the stuff where I could have taken another five grand somewhere. <laughs> so it's kind of unfair. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely one sided. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. And that's a you know when you talk about audits going forward, you know we 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 live in an era where it's a mathematical certainty that we have to raise more revenue somewhere. Yes, we could have the, I'm not a political guy, but with everything going on, we have to raise revenue somewhere. Now, whether they choose to do that through a tax increase, which they are going to, but the reason they hired the 87,000 agents, they're going after revenue Mm -hmm. and they believe certain areas of small business are ripe and for the picking. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Hi, I'm Harry Allen, co-founder and chief relationship officer of Studio Bank. Studio Bank is passionate about what our members create, and we're here to support you through the process. We provide capital and services to build businesses. We offer mortgage and home loan options, whether you're a first-time home buyer or purchasing your fifth home. We work with artists to reach their audiences. We help nonprofits transform our community. And often, the most important work we do is simply empowering individuals to pursue their dreams. We're here because what you create matters. Let's create something together. Visit studiobank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, NMLS number 1761767. So on your real estate clients, do you see the IRS, the audit team or whatever, picking certain parts of their return that they want to audit? I mean, do you see anything consistent, I guess, is my well, question. here's also what happens. Say they come and audit you, mm-hmm. and they look at your whole agency, and they find where, eh, I hate to even make, I'm making this up just so for the sure. listeners. They find something in your agency that's not above part. Then they're going to look at Heather. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to expand it outward. That's when they, they call Ooh. it the honey hole. Okay. Yeah. So that if they go into it, that's why they look at small business and think of it not so much for real estate, but for like a contractor. If I've got five other contractors here that I've used and I've got some issue that carries over to them, guess what? Mm-hmm. You know, say I underreported their 1099s, for example. Mm-hmm. I paid them cash for some labor. Well, they find out at the source and then they start going after, Everyone you know, else. everybody because now I've got underpayment here. You know, and it goes down. So I've seen that happen. Wow. Ew. I know. So document, document, document. When people say, would you like a copy of your receipt? I say, yes, please. Yeah. Thank you. And I put it in my little folder. <laughs> yeah. Same. So yeah. things like um, continue education, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. keep, keep an agenda. You know, I paid, I went to Atlanta to go to a seminar on, you know, commercial property, for example. Keep the agenda as a part of the part of your travel expenses oh wow so okay know, even so down to you, that beyond the, just the receipt where i registered for the class i i would i've actually had an insurance agent audited who's a tennessee fan by the way yeah yes. awesome. and miraculously a lot of his cpe stuff was in knoxville go figure uh, yeah <laughs> I, I never would have guessed but he actually what saved him is he had some agendas both, from the both agendas and then calendars back in the day yeah because he's sort of old where he actually had written that stuff and they said okay that's enough oh wow we, we agree okay. that that was all business related because i'm a firm believer of taking continuing ed somewhere else you mm-hmm. know for that reason yes and so the more extravagant the location the more 
I would suggest keeping the smart. agenda. Smart. Smart. Yeah, that's okay. a good idea. Yeah. So right. anytime, you know, for us, when we have conferences all over the place, if Vegas ever comes up, we always put a, we always keep a thing in there just I, in case. I see. Yeah. How far back can they go to audit you? So it's the three-year statute unless there's an instance of fraud, and then it's unlimited. They can go back really as far as they want to. Now, I, I haven't seen them really go back more than seven. Okay. But, you know, the cases that last forever, a.k.a. Trump maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, they can go back as long as they want, and it goes on forever. Jeez. Like I said, I've had one for two, two and a half years, and it was a small business, and there really wasn't that much to it, but he just kept digging and digging and digging. And regardless of what they tell you, a lot of the audit bad luck comes down to the person you get. Ah, oh, gotcha. Gotcha. It's like a real yeah. estate appraiser. Yes. <laughs> Very similar. Very there similar. You go. So if I, I think I've got all my records back to 2011. If they tried to go back to 2008, are you just sort of, if you don't have those receipts, I mean, that was before you digitized really anything. Well, that's why our suggestion is to ditch it after seven. They only tell you to keep it for seven. So if you've ditched it in accordance to their advice, mm-hmm. then they're, what are they going to do? Okay. And yeah. and that is a probably one out of a, a hundred thousand chance that that would ever happen. I mean, okay. you really have to be over the edge of okay. the cliff, so to speak, yeah. for that to happen. So it's that would be very rare. I've got a tax closet at home where I just have my, my banker's boxes with the years put mm-hmm. on there. Just, you know, I just, that's something that just terrifies me is being audited. I just don't want to go through the yeah. headache and hassle and uncertainty. Well, another the other side of that now that's sort of new is, uh, you know, I don't want that stuff in my house. If my house gets broken into, how easy is it to get in that box, steal your identity? Oh, jeepers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there you go. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so keep it hidden somewhere, maybe right. in the attic. Yeah. Lock that With lock the Christmas closet. decorations. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that may or may not be where mine is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good to know. Yeah. We don't know where you live either. Yeah. For sure. So. Let's talk about expenses, writing off. When you buy something, whatever it is, write on that receipt. If you get a paper receipt, write on that receipt what it is for. And, like, and I so never do that. Where, like, where it really gets um, a little squirrely, too, it's like I go to Walmart, say, mm-hmm. well, I bought groceries, but then I picked up a thing of legal pads because yeah. I needed them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not using the whole Walmart receipt. Right. I'm only using a line for legal pads. Mm-hmm. So things like that. Okay. As well. Yeah. Ooh, I guess I better start hunkering down and be a little bit more careful because I just keep the receipt and drop it in my file. And Yeah, uh, don't write on it. Yeah, and don't write I don't think. And like meals, you know, when you write off those meals, I've, I'm never writing the person's name on it. And I guess you're supposed to do that as well. Or it's I, helpful. I, I suggest that, yeah. Okay. And of course, this, this year, we still get to do 100% of those. Right. Okay. It, and it's it goes back to 50%, 50%. Okay. next year. All right. Good to well, know. What other tips can you give us, David, to be better tax payers <laughs> or whatever well, we are? I mean, I think, you know, going back to originally you asked about new agents. Uh-huh. Um, you know, taxes, you have to consider those as a cost, mm-hmm. meaning you have to put back the money and sort of earmark it as not to be used. And that that's the number one thing I see is when, it, you know, I made all this money and I spent this money. And I use money to live on, 
and all of a sudden I don't have any left to pay the taxes. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important to start off on a, what I would call responsible foot and stick that money back. So it's there. That's first and foremost. Then again, like I said, documentation for everything you do that you're trying to justify as business use, whether it's your car, whether it's your home office, like we alluded to, and all your other expenses. Most expenses are probably self-explanatory, you know, dues and subscriptions and things like that. But when you get into the dresses and the, the Walmart runs and things like that, you have to be diligent. So I want to deep dive just a second on 1031 exchanges and capital gains tax. So there's always the short-term gain and the long-term gain tax. Is the short-term gain, is that still anything you own for less than a year? It is today, yes. Okay. And what is the tax rate on that? That Whatever your ordinary income tax rate is. For the short-term tax. Mm-hmm. What about for a long-term hold? So it, unless you're in the highest bracket, it would be 15%. Okay. There are instances where your income might, that might trigger that 3.8% investment tax. So... Unless you're in the highest bracket, you know, I, I usually say, I say 20 just, but it's really 18.8 if your income's at level. If it's not, it could be, it could be 10. Again, I think that's going to go away. And, Do you really uh, think that would pass? Um, that would just kill. It'd be like 1988 all over again. Uh, again, if you, uh, I, I'm not a political guy. Sure, sure. So, no. <laughs> but it's a, it's a mathematical certainty that we have to have more money and so the perception is probably incorrectly on some level that capital gains only benefits the top five percent of americans mm-hmm. well no matter what that, that's where they are going to focus i mean the current administration specifically mm-hmm. has already said capital gains and 1031s are going to be on the target and that is because it the perception is and if you have that half a million dollar gain for the sale of your home mm-hmm. which until three years ago, never was a problem. Right. You know, nobody ever exceeded that. Now, all of a sudden, people are paying capital gains rates on, on home sales because they've made, you so know, the tell, market's been So, tell our listeners about that because a lot of people do not know that tax tidbit about the gain on your personal residence. So, it, as long as you've lived in your personal residence two out of the last five years, and believe me, I've had closings postponed mm-hmm. to the day mm-hmm. yeah. to get to the two years. I have. Me too. <laughs> um, then you've got, you know, if you're married filing a joint return, you get to exclude the first $500,000 of, of capital gain. If you're single, it's half of that. Now, where people have gotten off the rails is, especially around here, you going back to your record keeping, if I've had a house for 15 years and it's appreciated double, mm-hmm. I've got to go back and figure out how much I've got in it. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows their purchase price, but all the improvements you've made, you know, porches, driveways, fences, pools, all those things go into that calculation mm-hmm. of what your gain is. So, you know, we I've had some interesting cases of trying to go back and and justify, you know, a cost basis. Yeah. Yeah. Does landscaping count in that? Landscaping, you know, the and then, you know, there's just a lot of, obviously, I've had people that didn't have, you're going to ask, what do you do if you don't have the documents? Mm-hmm. It's your best guess. And, you know, I can go back to a pool company that put my pool in 10 years ago, but they they probably have 
a record mm-hmm. of some, and I've had, you know, people had to do those kinds of things yeah. to justify it. Would your, so let's use pool as an example. Say you've had to get a new liner, you have a liner pool and you get a new liner every five, six years. Does that count or is that considered maintenance? I'm ca- I count it. You count it. Okay. Okay, cool. Wow. Yeah. You just gave me some homework. Um, <laughs> I have a question if we could back up to mileage because I feel like that is my um, weakest yeah. link when it comes to tracking on a yearly basis. David taught me into using the app again. So using the app, swiping left, swiping right, personal. Let's, we're talking about mileage app, not right. a different yeah. app. Exactly. Which app are we talking no. about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get your joke. Does James mileage know? <laughs> IQ. That is what I'm using. Jot that down. So funny. So anyway, I was so good at it for like four or five months. Well, somehow I got logged out of the app. And I didn't realize it. And so now I just logged back in and I think I've missed like eight weeks of driving. I'm like, this is for the birds. Like, really? I have to keep swiping left, swiping right. Like, is there any other way I can do this or am I stuck with the swipe? Uh, I think you're you're stuck with the swipe if you want to make sure you have records. Now, look, when the IRS comes looking at your mileage log, they're not looking at it on a per trip basis they really just want to know you have one. Okay. And then what you have matches what was deducted. They're not going to go into, uh, I mean, I've had them on notebook paper. They'll accept just about anything as long as you've made an attempt and can reconcile, like I said, what's on the record to what you took. The mile IQ thing is the best thing ever. It, it will and print. That's an app. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's an app. It's about sixty bucks a year. Yeah. It, it will give you carpal tunnel from swiping. It, it um, will. Do you have to put it in, every time you get in and out of your car? You're it, swiping. It automatically tracks trip. it. So it's every trip you have to go in and swipe. What I do is at the end of a week on Sunday, I sit in my chair and I go down there and I make sure I've got everything classified correctly. Okay. And at the end of the year, it gives you. It's all cloud based. Mm-hmm. Nice big thick PDF of where you went now the only thing it does not do is doesn't tell you when you're swiping it tells you business like you can do travel and different categories but it won't be specific like i wanted to see heather yeah it won't get to that level of specificity but it will classify it based on activity so i get in the car and i'm going to franklin to show houses so i just i get in the car i open the app and type in going to Franklin? No, or? once you complete the drive, it's going to tell you you've completed a drive, categorize this drive. Oh. And that's when you just swipe oh. it. So it's tied in the GPS on your phone. So every time you get in a car and travel. Whether you're driving or a passenger. Correct. Yeah. So wow. like when I'm in a, when I'm in somewhere, like I was in San Diego last week on a rental car, I delete those drives. Okay. Because I'm already taking a rental car. Got it. Yeah. So. Or if I'm on a subway in New York, for example, it, there's a public transit. You can delete it and say it was public transit. Oh, interesting. Um, so it tracks you everywhere you go. Okay. And then those categories, in, in a real estate case, I would say uh, house showing, uh, potential listing, you know, just break my categories okay. down. So Office. like I say, it wouldn't be yeah. individual. Like it wouldn't say you came to David Hart to right. for a listing. It would just say I went here for a house listing. Okay. Okay. Got it. 
got it. Interesting. I'll have to download that app. That sounds yeah, good. it's not fun. Uh, well, it doesn't <laughs> sound like it, but <laughs> neither is getting audited. No, so <laughs> that's true. I'll keep swiping. Yeah. yeah. Keep swiping. Yes. Just on mile IQ. That's yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I guess my takeaway it, more than anything is I need to be over documenting. Yeah. That's the best thing anyone can do in this situation is over documenting. Yeah. I always try to tell people pick a time of the week whether you're an early morning person, late night person, and just dedicate an hour a week even to getting all my crap together for the previous week. Mm -hmm. Because the longer you go between doing that, it's a snowball effect. And I Mm -hmm. mean, you you get to a certain point, you get to a certain point, yeah, you can't remember and B, you just don't have time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's as important to learn that habit as it is to put the money back. Got it. Taxes. Got it. Got it. Okay. So true. And then, uh, sorry, the car thing just, it's because I get confused every year with my CPA. I'm like, what are we doing? And so they're going to look at mileage, which is a greater deduction, mileage or your depreciation and expenses. Is that how you do that? Yeah, that's not a year by year thing. Like I said, you've got to, you've got to make that choice when you first get the car. Oh, okay. So that's what the, that whole thing is with the life of the car. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Sorry. I misunderstood that. Mm-hmm. Misunderstood that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've had this conversation with David a couple of times. I haven't done anything about it yet, but I'm just trying to understand. Yeah. Okay. Good deal. Yeah. Well, um, David, thank you. This is, I've learned a ton. Yeah. I always learn a ton talking to a CPA, and I appreciate it. I appreciate what you do for Heather. Absolutely. And, and I appreciate Heather yes, bringing you, you to us. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. And uh, if I can ever help, let me know. I'm yeah. sure you'll get a lot of calls, guys. David Hart's contact information will be in our show notes. If mm-hmm. you are looking for a new CPA yeah. and want to meet with him, I'm assuming you guys are taking new clients. Sure. I never should never assume anything, but yeah. you know, check it out. And also if you have questions or want a specific topic discussed on the moving up podcast, email us at podcast at Wilson group, And we'll help you. And that's why David's here today. Many people have reached out saying mm-hmm. we would love for a CPA to be on the podcast. To yeah. Talk about taxes. So thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. Recognized as a nationally ranked top 150 accounting firm, Alexander Thompson Arnold CPAs serves Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Mississippi by providing accounting, tax, and consulting services for clients ranging from small to medium-sized businesses. ATA offers several services other than traditional accounting to the Nashville area, such as technology solutions, litigation support, business valuations, marketing strategies, HR consulting, retirement plans, and third-party administration. Contact ATA partner David Hart by calling 615-662-2727 or visit them online at atacpa.net. Hey, if you're loving the show, go find that little follow button on your podcast app. This will ensure you won't miss a single episode. Until next time.